When a few minutes, right there at the altar, I'll hold up the Eucharist and repeat the words of John the Baptist. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. When you stop and think about it, that seems rather strange. We're used to hearing it, but think about it. The Eucharist doesn't look like a lamb. It looks like bread and wine. It isn't bread and wine, but it looks like it. We know it's Jesus. But Jesus isn't really literally a lamb either. He's God and man, not a furry little animal. So why? Why is Jesus called? And why is the Eucharist called the Lamb of God? Well, to understand this, we need to look back into history. If you remember your stories from the Old Testament, you probably remember stories about the sacrificing of animals and other things to God. Abel, Noah, Abraham, Jacob, and others, they all took animals, killed them on altars. Altars are places where sacrifices take place. That's what they are. And they burned their bodies on these altars or in some way offered them up to the to, to Lord. Now, these sacrifices were part of God's command for his chosen people. So they had to be offered uh, and for various reasons. One reason is that uh, sometimes they were a way of sealing an agreement between God and man, uh, a covenant. And also, sacrifices were a way to show sorrow for sin. Um, by offering the sacrifice of an animal, a person was acknowledging that you know, they deser- deserved death uh, because of their sinfulness, and they offer the animal's life uh, as a token in, in place of in redemption for their own life. From the first generations of humanity, we've been doing this, offering sacrifices to God. And all of those sacrifices in some way point to and prefigure the biggest, most important, and the only saving sacrifice, the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. But One sacrifice in particular, of all the ones in throughout history, makes it clear why Jesus takes on the title Lamb of God. And that is the Passover Lamb. It's very important for us as Christians, as Catholics, to remember the the story in the Old Testament of the Passover. It totally prefigures and is is bound up in and connected to with what we do here at Mass every day. Scott Hahn kind of summarized this nicely in his book, The Lamb of God, excuse me, The Lamb's Supper, which is about the Mass. Uh, Dr. Hahn wrote, It was at the Passover that God instructed each Israelite family to take a lamb, to kill it, and sprinkle its blood on the doorpost. That night, the Israelites were to eat the lamb. If they did, their firstborn would be spared. If they didn't, their firstborn would die in the night, along with all the firstborn in their flocks. The sacrificial lamb died as a ransom in place of the firstborn of the household. The Passover, then, was an act of redemption. The night, or that night, the night of the Passover, 
the captors of the Israelites, their enemies, the Egyptians, they suffered. Many of them died. But those marked by the blood of the slaughtered lambs, they were spared. And soon after, the Israelites were able to leave Egypt as God's free and chosen people. Do you see the connection here? I hope it's making sense. Those marked by the blood of the lamb, who ate the lamb, were spared death and set free. We, who eat the body and blood of Jesus, who are marked with the blood of Jesus, are spared not just bodily death, but eternal death. And we are freed from sin and set free. Now, in the years that followed the Passover, the Jewish people continued to recall that first Passover. Every year, they, they celebrated it again, kind of how, how we, for example, celebrate Christmas every year. They celebrated the Passover to remember. And once the temple had been built in Jerusalem, pilgrims would come to that city every year for the celebrations. And, of course, to offer the sacrifice of lambs upon the altars in the temple. The historian Josephus recorded that in the year 70, some 256,500 lambs were sacrificed in the temple at Passover in Jerusalem. And some two and a half million pilgrims came to the city for the feast. But then, of course, that was right before the temple was destroyed. And without altars and without the priests there in the temple, they couldn't offer the sacrifices anymore. The sacrifices stopped. And the Jewish people were conquered by their enemies. They were scattered around. And they hoped from their places of exile for a Messiah who would reunite them and rebuild the temple in Jerusalem so that these sacrifices could resume again that they can continue to keep, out, keep the Lord's command to offer these sacrifices. And that brings us back to today's gospel. The temple wasn't rebuilt, at least not in the way they were thinking it would be. For the Jews around the time of John the Baptist, uh, when John the Baptist is pointing at Jesus and says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, I think a few things come, would have come to their minds. You know, the people who heard, first heard John the Baptist say this, a couple of things would have come to mind. First, I have no doubt they would have immediately thought, the Lamb of God. Hmm, that reminds me of the Passover Lamb. The lambs that used to be sacrificed in the temple in Jerusalem. And second, it would have brought to mind, I think, the words of the prophet Isaiah, who said, oh, well, and who revealed to them that there was more to this mission of the Jewish people. John said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. See, the sacrifice of the lambs in the temple was meant to recall the salvation of the Jews not of the whole world, at least until Jesus came along. Then, in Jesus, salvation is offered to everyone. So the mission of the Jewish people was expanded. And this was long foretold in the, in the prophets, but 
It came about in Jesus, this salvation offered to everyone, and not just in a kind of commemorative way, but in an effective way. Our reading from Isaiah described a suffering servant who would come and do two things. First, he would restore the tribes of Israel. And second, he would spread his salvation to the ends of the earth. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. The new Lamb of God restoring the tribes of Israel, bringing back a new kind of sacrifice, a definitive and final sacrifice that would spread salvation to the ends of the earth. Jesus did that. And he accomplished it all at, get this, a Passover meal. His last Passover in Jerusalem. His last supper. Which we remember, especially on Holy Thursday, and then going on into Good Friday and Easter Sunday. All those lambs and the sacrificed in the temple in Jerusalem, they didn't actually remove sins. They were sacrificed to remind the Jews of what God had done for them and to remind them of their need for God's forgiveness. But we know God became man in Jesus and that he offered himself in our place as the ultimate and last Lamb of God, not on an altar in the temple in Jerusalem but upon the altar of the cross. As God did with the Jews when he commanded them to keep on celebrating the Passover, Jesus commands us to do this in memory of him, to keep on celebrating the Last Supper, when the true Lamb of God gave up his life for our sins in an effective way which can actually remove our sins. So that title, Lamb of God, helps us to understand in the context of history, what God has done in Jesus Christ. That's why we call him and the Eucharist the Lamb of God. So it's all interesting. What does it mean for us now? Well, let's recap. In order to survive the Passover, to not be killed in that terrible night, they had to sacrifice the Passover lamb and eat it. The generations that followed were commanded to go to Jerusalem each year and remember that night by offering and sacrifice a lamb upon an altar, and likewise in eating the lamb. We too are commanded to celebrate the Passover, not just with a little lamb, but with the one whose those lambs prefigured, the real lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. We too are commanded to eat the lamb in holy communion. And to do so worthily, we are commanded to do this in memory of him. Not just once a year, but at least every Sunday. This shows how deeply rooted in history the Catholic Mass is and how it was prefigured by everything that happened in the Old Testament, but especially the Passover. This should remind us of how awesome the Catholic Mass is and really what a privilege it is for us to be able to attend it. So let us honor God's command to attend Mass. And if there is anything in our lives that makes us unworthy to eat the Lamb, to take Holy Communion, let's bring those things to Jesus and to his church so they can be remedied. Let us seek out baptism if we need it. If our kids haven't been baptized, let's get that done. Uh, Let's go to confession if we need it. Let's get our marriages straightened out, uh, etc., 
Because we need to eat the lamb, Jesus tells us, to enjoy eternal life. So now let us do this and prepare ourselves for that, the reception of Holy Communion. Amen.